the first thing I do when I wake up um, is I go downstairs, I get my coffee, and then I'll sit down and read the Bible Savvy. Yeah, mostly every day. I'll just get up and have my time with the Lord. Um, and then me and my mom, we both like, we read the same passage, so we'll talk about it. Jesus designed me to be unique and different from other people, and that I don't need to conform to what they're doing to do what I'm really passionate about and the gifts he gave me to do. Hey friends, welcome to our special edition podcast called Faith at Work. I'm your host, Jen Kelly, joined by fellow pastor and friend, Corey Shoemate, where we get the joy of bringing you conversations that are all about integrating faith and work and why every job matters. We're interviewing Christ followers from a variety of work backgrounds to help stir our imaginations, to give us new insights and practical ways to think about how we live out our faith at work work. Well, hello, friends. Corey here. Hope you guys are doing well. Hey, we are joined by two guests uh, who are uh, going to give us a wonderful interview. We're really excited. We've got two students with us. Uh, one is a current high school student. One is a recent graduate, Grant and Melanie. And the reason why we are having two students on a Faith at Work podcast is because we believe that God cares about our vocation, regardless of whether we are getting paid for it or not. Amen. When we think about how we are shaped into the image of Jesus and how we contribute to this world, uh, it is really about how we spend the majority of our waking hours uh, no matter what we are doing. And so as we think about uh, discipleship, as we think about following Jesus, and as we think about leaving an imprint for his name on our world, uh, we'd be leaving out a huge portion of our body of Christ if we left out students. So uh, we have uh, two wonderful students joining us here today who are uh, living out following Jesus, thinking uh, carefully about how to do that well. And so uh, here in the studio with us uh, is uh, Grant Blonick, who is a Freshman at what school? Batavia High School. Batavia High School. All right, wonderful. And then we've got Melanie. How do you say your last name? Madrick. Madrick. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you are a recent high school graduate, and you are now? Um, I attend Dracocha University um, as a cosmetology student. Cosmetology student. Okay, very good. And you are how old? I'm 19. 19 years old. Okay, very good. So we are really excited uh, to have them in the studio with Wait, us Wait, you today. forgot what, what about our one other special guest that we have I, sitting in the studio I right was, now. I was getting to him. Oh, okay. I was getting to him. <laughs> Just making sure. Our most important person in the studio <laughs> today <laughs> is- Definitely not. Uh, definitely not. Our uh, guy, Josh Height. Josh is our- What's your official title? You've like changed titles a few different times. Yeah, currently I am the student ministry pastor at the St. Charles South Elgin Campus. <laughs> your, your, your job is- we're doing your job, it. <laughs> your job title. Did you have to reprint business cards? Uh, uh, they gave me the option. Uh, yeah. And if I did, my the entirety of my title, I think, is like St. Charles South Elgin Student Ministry Director slash High School Lead Director. And that was just of the a South, ton. Of the South Elgin. It's ridiculous. St. Charles South Elgin. Yeah. 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 Who would have thought that your business cards would have changed based on the sewer hookup and yeah. water and sewer hookup? Pretty here. remarkable. Yeah, that's pretty that's, that's remarkable. A, that's just a wonderful <laughs> moment we are in in church mm, history. Amen. Uh, we got Josh with us because uh, he is the expert in all things high school ministry and cares deeply about uh, our high school students. And so it's a pleasure to have him in the studio. Thanks for being with us, Yeah, Josh. man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Before we go to the hard questions... All of us want to know. Well, my mom, my mom voice and heart wants to know because I got two. I got a 14, 13 year old, right? Is New Year's resolutions still a thing? Do you do them? I mean, it's we're just celebrating the new year. If if you do, what are they? Do you have one? Um, for me personally, I've never really been a big fan of New Year's resolutions. Okay. I've never done them. Um, but I know some people who still do, but I feel like in my generation, not as big as it used to be. Noted. Yeah, I agree. I've never done a New Year's resolution. Um, I've known some of my friends have, 
Uh, I don't know how long that lasted for him, but it probably lasted like a couple weeks. But yeah, they've done some of it. All righty. Corey? Okay. So I read a lot of books. Um, I'm trying to diversify my intake to like, this is going to sound weird. I want to listen to more sermons because I actually don't, believe it or not, I don't listen to a lot of sermons. My gosh, I knew you were going to say something by, like this. Okay. So that's, that's my, that's my like pastor answer. The <laughs> other answer is my doctor recently told me that I have higher than desired, desirable levels of cholesterol. And so I'm trying to figure out how to, um, this is this will happen when you guys get like in your thirties. Just so you guys know, this is coming. Okay, you, you, there's there comes a day when you can't just do whatever you want to your body and get away with it. There's like people in white jackets that uh, that will come after you. So I have to figure out a way to um, figure out my profound relationship with cheese um, and my doctors. <laughs> <laughs> my, my doctor's com- <laughs> command. Happy New Year's, people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my task in the new year. Josh, you have a, a New Year's resolution? Yeah, I'm just coaching Corey. That's all. <laughs> Him and Cheese, I'm, I'm his buddy. I'm, I'm in his corner. <laughs> no, I've, I've never been a huge New Year's resolutions person either. I think like the concept sounds great, but... Um, I don't know. I just, I don't trust my own discipline and resolve to like successfully accomplish all of those things, especially with three kids at home. Like, I don't know. My resolution is keep them alive. Keep them alive. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. Nobody will fault you for that. Yeah. So we do a word. I do a word usually like believe or whatever that I want to work on. And a verse corresponds to that. You're such a good woman. And pastor. I just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> do you cross stitch it into a pillow and <laughs> sleep on it every, every night? I should probably also eat less cheese. I'm going to incorporate there we go. that. All right. There we go. All right. I, I, totally, I totally harsh your buzz there. I'm sorry. Sorry. You, what, what is your word? What's, I'm like, I, don't, know, I redirected you to cheese. I don't know what I my word apologize. is. You don't know. Oh, so you have to figure that out in yeah. the remaining uh, few days of the, the year here. Well, no, this would be the. Yes. We're definitely not pre-recording this podcast <laughs> before the, the, new, the new year at all. Hey, they do that in Bible savvy all the time. And I feel like they let that. Uh, they let that. Uh, Josh is working on. Did you break the microphone? Over there? <laughs> You're never gonna <laughs> let us in. <laughs> Josh, uh, if if don't tell our Bible savvy uh, podcast recorders that we're ruining their studio. <laughs> okay, did we all go? We all, we all right. went. Okay, yes. very yeah. good. <laughs> all right. Hey, um, so students, the student uh, ministry has a, a really special place in my heart because I came to Christ as a high school student. So I was a junior in high school really rough time in my life, kind of like an identity crisis. I was uh, playing baseball and uh, that came to an end. Some of my friends, my closest friendships, I lost those in the middle of high school. And uh, it was right there in the middle of all that, that, that God met me and saved me. So going into my senior year of high school, I became a follower of Jesus. And I had to like learn really quickly what it was like to follow, follow Jesus as a high schooler student. And it was, it was so strange because before that I was an atheist, like pretty vocal, non-Christian, and uh, and then it was a total change of pace for me. But it was because of a group of high schoolers who were really genuinely loving each other, following Jesus faithfully, that wooed me. It wasn't some argument. It wasn't even like sitting down and reading the Bible. It was a group of people who were living differently that persuaded me. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful for high school students who are making a difference because I wouldn't be here uh, if not for that group of students. Uh, and so we want to get inside your heads a little bit too. There's going to be a lot of folks who are listening who have no familiarity with what it's like to be a high schooler right now. I feel like that changes sort of with every generation, but could you help us to kind of get in uh, inside of your head? What's it like to be a high schooler? What are, what are some of the, 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 the daily 
things that you face? How would you describe what it's like to be a high schooler in 2021, 2022? Um, yeah, I feel like everything that like is influencing or like everyone like looks up to is on social media or just like movies or music or anything like that. And so sometimes that can not be the best being like a Christ follower. Um, because sometimes like the things on social media or like the music people listen to, um, they aren't like what we believe as Christians. Um, so it is a little hard uh, with that. Um, but yeah, I would just say everything's very influenced by like the media. Mm. Hmm. And to add on to that, I totally agree with social media. It plays a big part of like high school life in general. Everyone wants to know what everyone is up to. Um, so that can make it really hard. And I feel like everyone's really easily influenced by each other. So if something's really popular, someone's wearing, like probably the next week, everyone's going to be wearing that same thing. So it's kind mm. of like you're walking in the hallways at school and you're trying to look out for the next big thing, kind of almost. Yeah. And you want to be like everyone else. That's pressure. Yeah. So, so Josh, I want to uh, let you speak a little bit. You uh, read a lot. You kind of are uh, a student of high school students to figure out what, what's happening in the world. Uh, what are some of the things that you're reading about trends happening in high school students' lives right now uh, as a student pastor? How maybe unique to how long you've been uh, in student ministry? Uh paid i think almost 10 yeah almost 10 years T 10 years so maybe yeah. maybe where have we come from uh, what's what's happening now that's different than before yeah yeah so I, I mean i think COVID had a huge a huge effect on students in particular it had a huge effect on all of us we all experienced different things uh personally and socially but i think for young people uh you know it interrupted really pivotal times in their life where like identities being formed communities being formed and we said uh you know we said essentially like you're isolated now right for better or for worse you are in a room mm. you in a computer uh and instead of like building your identity with within a community you're going you're walking the halls you know as melanie was just talking about and like that's where your crew is at that's where your influences are or whatever now you're trying to decipher that through a screen which i think has just affected anxiety levels those are through the roof right Corey, you and i were talking before we came in here uh you know our students today are more connected than ever but lonelier than ever right yeah. statistics are through like you know in the like top or top 50 percent 75 and beyond kids are just lonely I don't mm -hmm. feel connected to anybody who knows me genuinely, who cares about me, who mm -hmm. loves me. Uh, I read a stat the other day. I think it was like 95 to 97% of young people have felt some physiological effects of anxiety just mm -hmm. in the last year and a half. Wow. So that's not just like, you know, th that, that's a high percentage. It's not just like, oh, hey, I feel a little worried about something, but like physiologically, my body is responding mm -hmm. to my anxiety, right? Which is insane. Um, and so, and that trend has only ticked upwards. Probably about five years ago, we started sharing the stat that uh, the, the amount of stress that the majority of our young people carry around 50 years ago would mm -hmm. have put you in an asylum, right? And like that number yeah. is only going up you know, further and further. So our kids are, are honestly, I, I'm not just saying this to be dramatic, like I think they're in unprecedented waters as it relates to the levels of anxiety they're facing, which can make it hard then, I think, to, to shepherd them. So uh, I think, you know, what contributes to that, Grant, you kind of touched on this a little bit, the technology piece, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, it's, it's, these are, these are deemed safe places for me to go and pursue community and identity and answers. Cause I can just Google it or I can go to TikTok or I can go to YouTube and I don't have to risk that relationship with somebody mm -hmm. going to ask. But what I lose in that is that life on life connection with somebody. Right. And so now the, the answers I'm looking for are found, you know, somewhere in a device, someplace and void of human interaction. So I think, you know, again, high anxiety, great integration through technology, which sometimes can be really great, but also is isolating. And I think that just leads to a sense of relational disconnect. And I'm left to feel all of these feelings sort of by myself, which is a terrible place to be. Yeah. So Grant and Melanie, how has your faith then helped you navigate some of the things that Josh is talking about, whether your friendships, your decisions, technology, TikTok, social media, 
all of things. How is it? How has it influenced some of those decisions that you're making? Um, I think personally, it really helps um, to um, through social media see who I'm following and hmm. their actions, like compared to what. I've grown up learning in the church if those match up and knowing who's right to follow and everything like that on social media, but also just being blessed to grow up in the church and have a group of friends that I've kind of grown up with um, has really helped me and have that um, friendship that reflects Christ as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's been really helpful with all the student ministry events and things like that. Um, I've grown up going through Genesis or Refuge now um, and doing Mosaic as a high schooler. That has really helped and impacted me. Yeah, I would say um, like choosing the friend, like who are my close friends, um, like that's really helped because um, uh, because I feel like if I was in like a different friend group that was like not really – that didn't really have the same beliefs as me as a Christian, uh, that were, like, doing bad things or making, like, bad decisions um, that could have, like, really uh, messed with my family life or, like, my school, like, grades, um, stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, like, church has really helped me um, get close friends that are also Christians and that are just fun to be around. That's awesome. So you both are pretty busy. I mean— uh, we were just talking, Grant, about you. You're involved in football. You're on the the worship team. You play guitar. I think you're heading to uh, what is it? Drivers Ed. Drivers Ed. I never took Drivers Ed. I can't. Anyways, that's a separate <laughs> subject. Should we ask about that? No. Try. <laughs> don't remember. I feel like there's Anyways. a story there. Um, all these different things, and same thing for you, Melanie. You have a set schedule now being um, in cosmetology school. You've got probably a little bit more freedom than what you had in the past, but mm-hmm. how how are your sp- spiritual rhythms then? I mean, what when do you spend time alone in prayer or reading scripture, things like that? Yeah, so I like the first thing I do when I wake up um, – is I go downstairs, I get my coffee, and then I'll sit down and read the Bible Savvy. Um, and oh. then I'll usually what's, like... What's Bible Savvy? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, Great. You, has, you start school at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So our listeners probably don't know this. So what time do you wake up purposely, grab that coffee to go and read your scripture question. and pray? I get up around 5.45. What? <clears throat> Could not be... <laughs> Um, some days I'll sleep in, like if we have late start for school or if I'm just like really tired. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly every day I'll just get up and have my time with the Lord. Um, and then me and my mom, we both like, we read the same passage, so Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it. And then that's after that, I'll just go and get ready and go to school. Good for you. You're my new year's resolution. Yeah, for me, really, unlike Grant, I don't get up early. I get up in enough time that I can get out the door and make it to school on time. But um, for me, the five, any free time is, like, right before bed. So before I try to, like, squeeze in a Netflix show or something, something I try to, like, contain myself not to do that. And I read my Bible usually every night. Um, I also try to listen to, like, because I'm in the car a lot going to school from work to mm. wherever I need to be. Yeah. I try to play worship music, and I feel like, that's just like a nice time to just like reflect on God um, in a busy schedule. That's awesome, both of you. 
really incredible that you're intentional to carve out that time to spend with Jesus. Yeah, that's the, the thing that I'm hearing so far is, I think it was Andy Stanley who said, uh, the your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. You probably heard that line. But what I'm hearing, so Grant heard you say that, you talked about friendships. Melanie, I heard you say sort of who you follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> determines yeah. the direction and quality of your life because it's really about exposure. Who, what, what a friends am I exposing myself to and choosing? And then in this day and age in which we're kind of constantly being bombarded is to simply not fall prey to like anything can come at me. I'm going to actually filter some of those things, both for friendships and for and for social media presence. And then to also not let your day command you, but really to say, here's whether whether you're a night person or a morning person, say, I'm going to give give Jesus this lot of my day and that's going to be sort of non-negotiable that's that's great thanks guys we, we have some stuff to learn from you guys yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome so um earlier in the podcast series we had kate hertz and michelle keenan uh, both of them are uh, teachers and moms and they talked about their experience with covid and one of the biggest uh, st- struggles that they had with covid was the decentralization of schedules everything kind of going into to chaos uh, we heard from them about what what it was like to go through that from a teacher parent perspective we would love to hear from you guys so think back to you know lockdowns hit you know march 2020 uh, and then the world sort of changed and we're still dealing with significant ramifications of that uh, both of you were, were you know you were actually in middle school at that time right and, and you were in high school at that mm-hmm. time Melanie um, what was one thing that was a significant struggle for you during that season uh, and what was one thing that maybe was an unexpected gift surprise positive aspect of COVID um, for me I think one thing was really a struggle was just friendships in general and just meeting new people um because COVID happened, you're doing online school. It happened crucial time in my life, right in the middle of high school, where you're supposed to be making friends, having a good time with your friends. Mm. And so moving to like online schooling, everyone has their camera off. I mean, including me, I didn't want to show my face that no one else is. So then that transition, when we eventually went back to school, I don't even know what half these people are because I haven't seen their faces. And so it makes you kind of like shy and kind of feel alone because you don't want to go meet, meet someone new, hmm. kind of that anxiety we talked about. But um, just the friendship aspect as well, um, like the same friends I had before COVID are probably not the same friends I have now, hmm. or at least it showed my true friends at least, because hmm. now the good friends that I have now, I say have stuck with me through that whole t- time period. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's good, thanks. Um, one thing I really struggled with was uh, this ha- like COVID happened for me at the end of sixth grade, and I was I was new to the middle school because I moved from a private uh, elementary school hmm. to a public middle school. So it was that whole change was just it was fun, but it was a little hard because I didn't know anybody. Hmm. And um, so that whole year I was trying to make friends, and then once I started to like get to know people and make friends, um, COVID hit and. I didn't get to see anybody anymore. And I I wasn't in communication with anyone except f- for like people from my uh, elementary school. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess it was just, I was like a little lonely during COVID. Mm. Um, I would still hang out like, or not hang out, but I would like be on FaceTime calls with um, my friends from elementary school, but still like being in the new middle school, it was kind of hard. Yeah. Was there anything that was like, something came alive in you or you experienced something new or got to discover something new about yourself or an activity during COVID? Yeah. So during COVID, I kind of, I had a lot of alone time. So I got to like find my interests Mm -hmm. and what I like kind of wanted to do going forward. Um, 
So I found out that music was really what I loved hmm. to listen to. Or I just love to listen to music, and I love to play music. Um, so yeah, that's what I found out was like my main interest. That's good. We were talking about you stringing your guitar. You you literally bloodied your guitar because you got your yeah. So you were stringing oh, wow. that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you playing it a lot apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good for you, Josh. Uh, I'd imagine student ministry is a little different today than it was two, three years ago. Uh, what changes have you experienced as a result of COVID? Yeah, uh, I think, you know, Melanie and Grant hit on a, a couple of them um, just with kind of identifying the loneliness factor there. I think part of it has, you know, we have, we have, I think all humans are created with a desire to belong to something. I think ultimately that's found in belonging to God, but also to, to his church and to people, to community. Uh, and so when we take that away and our students seek that out through, you know, forced Zoom calls or whatever. Uh, I think we see we see the longings for connection and meaningful connection uh, heightened today in student ministry. But I think what that, what's weird about that is you'd think that would drive people to like just flocking into gatherings. Yeah. But I think there's actually like an apprehension now of like sometimes stepping into a place and wondering like, is this going to be a place that I can belong? Is this going to be a place that's going to receive me? Um, and so there's there's I think there's there's a slowness to get involved and to, and to plug in. There's almost like, wait, who's going to be there? And like, do I know them? And do they know me? And are they safe people? And like, what do I do with that? So mm. I think there's a, there's a slowness kind of factor to that. Um, and then I think, you know, I, I was, I was thinking about Melanie and her crew, uh, coming through high school and like, they lost out on a ton of stuff, right? Yeah. Like, you know, she had, you know, the, the back end of her high school career kind of interrupted by, uh, by, by lockdown and that kind of stuff. And so I think there's this sense of, you know, just, you know, we had to make some changes programmatically that her crew wasn't, wasn't super, super big fans of. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so you started to see the sense of like loss. Like now there's almost mm-hmm. this wondering of like, mm-hmm. when's the next shoe going to drop? Like, what's the next thing I'm going to miss out on? What's the next thing I'm going to lose out on? Um, and then what is that the inverse of that almost being like a FOMO? Like I just have to like, I have to wait for the best possible thing to like mm-hmm. come up and then I'm going to choose that because I can't miss out because I already had to, I missed out on formative years and great experiences. So there's like a fear of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think those, those would be some of it, right. Is, is again, like longing for that community, but unsure where to find that. And then just, again, a kind of a fear of missing out on things that I think are important or valuable at the very least they're fun. Mm-hmm. And so that does affect, you know, how we, how we, develop student ministry, how we plan programs, how we engage in discipleship relationships, all that has to be kind of thought through now th- with those lenses in place. Is there, is there anything that's uh, to the positive aspect point where you're like, this actually has been a blessing coming out of that, that season? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like some of what these guys just shared about the rhythms they have in their life. Like I think when you're, when you're sort of forced to isolation, you can develop rhythms that hopefully maintain for a while. And so like these two aren't the only ones who have said like, yeah, I either I wake up in the morning and I make coffee or I'm, you know, my, my rides to and from work are changed. My evening looks different. And I had margin in that season, even though it was forced and I didn't love it. I had margin to kind of figure out mm-hmm. what do these rhythms need to look like in my life. And so we've gotten to see that in some really cool ways. Mm. All right, Grant. As a pastor and as a just a mom, to be honest, you're a freshman in high school. I'm about to have two girls that are going into high school. How much time do you think about life, job, work, calling after high school? Uh, yeah, I tend to think about that um, a good amount. I I just want to make sure like I know what I'm doing after high school, if I'm going to college or if I just want to like have a job. Um, and I just want to make sure, like, I'm going down, like, the right path uh, in what God's calling me to do. Um, and, yeah. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to tell all of our kids in student ministry that. <laughs> just that right there. All right, Melanie. You um, actually chose to go to cosmetology school. 
And I know we talked about it briefly, but that decision, that choice came with a ton of pressure. Like people around you were (laughs) encouraging you to actually go to college or maybe choose a different path. Can you tell us how you made the choice to go to cosmetology school? In regard to what you wanted to do in life. Right. So, um, like, my senior year, probably, like, a year ago from this time of year, um, like, in the fall, I started applying to colleges because that's just what the high school would tell you to do. Apply by this time. Get them in. Make sure you have this done, this done. And it felt like just, like, a bunch of steps that was pressured to do and that, like, college was what you had to do. And so, and it came around to winter time when it was, like, time to decide, um what school you want to go to, what you really want to do. I wanted to, I applied to go to places for nursing. And not that I don't think I could see myself doing that. It's just, uh, it came wintertime in the back of my head. I knew I was always passionate about beauty, fashion, things along those lines. And that's when I kind of took a step back and realized like my real calling, like maybe I don't need to go to college and like conform to what everyone else is doing around me. Which is so brave. Right. And I think I also, growing up with a faith background, I always think about how you kind of have to recognize who Jesus is to recognize who yourself is. And so that's always played like a big part for me. Um, And just knowing like Jesus designed me to be unique and different from other people Hmm. and that I don't need to conform to what they're doing Hmm. to do what I'm really passionate about and the gifts he gave me to do. Hmm. So I knew I could do something with the gifts he gave me um, to do something in the beauty fashion world. And that's when I decided that. Amen, sister. All right, so I want to talk about that a little bit, the beauty fashion world. How has your faith, how has scripture shaped your definition of beauty, especially, and you know as a female, and especially as you in cosmetology, what the world considers beautiful or not beautiful? How have you navigated that tension and maybe how has your faith confined you in that definition or maybe has given you more freedom um I would say like definitely like my age I feel like girls my age specifically see beauty as something negative sometimes because they don't feel like they have that or they see beauty through social media lens and they don't look like these people on social media so it's just always like a negative effect but for me I've always wanted to be like someone positive for some other people And so going into what I'm doing now, um, I'm able to, you know, allow people to feel good about themselves and kind of gain that confidence. Um, And even if that's not me, like, saying Bible verses when they're sitting in my chair, but I'm able to make them feel good about themselves. And that's because I have that faith background and I want to share that with them. That is so good. Oh, you guys are good. Uh, <clears throat> you guys can be as vulnerable as you want in this next question, but as you think about where you're currently stationed in life, so Grant, high school, uh, Melanie, you can speak to you know, your recent high school experience or maybe where you are now. What is the, the greatest temptation that you face on a day-to-day basis that's like a real pull for you? And then how do you, how do you sort of uh, prepare yourself to combat that temptation? Um, I would say like, like in school i would say it's like the people i surround myself with because it is very easy to just give into the temptation and just hang out with the wrong people that aren't saying good things or are just doing making bad decisions um so yeah i would say that and then i would say also just the like 
the stuff I watch, the music I listen to, uh, some anything like I can like read or like any media, mm -hmm. um, I would say that is also very hard for me um, because you just I just want to know like what's popular right now, and if my friends are like that like a new movie came out and they're like oh it was really good but it could also just be like a not sure. a good movie um or if like my friends like this new song by this new artist um like giving into that would be like easy because you just want to know it's popular mm -hmm. Be before we get to melody can you so other high schoolers listening in right now they're wondering I want to make good media choices. I want to make good friend choices. But when I'm in that moment, it's really hard to, to kind of know what to say, what to do. There's also an aspect in which you don't want to come across as, uh, you know, alienating yourself or mm -hmm. as uh, coming across as judgmental towards people who are making those decisions. You want to have a relationship with non-Christians as well. So how do you thread that needle? How do you make those choices to resist temptation in that area without condemning, making other people feel bad for the, for those choices? Um, I mean, Honestly, like you could just, um, just don't like, just don't like shoot their idea down. If they like want you to like listen to something, uh, like don't be like, oh, you shouldn't be listening to that. That's bad. Cause mm -hmm. then that's definitely like that feel like people would think like you're weird for saying that mm -hmm. or something. And that's not really what you want. You just don't really want to give into the temptation. Mm -hmm. Um, so honestly, just not like, like try like try to move the conversation to something else if you're talking to them about that um or just like just just like i don't know just try not to like talk about it yeah mm. imagine that takes some courage and some practice mm. to, to get good at okay Melanie, how about you kind of off what grant said like um throughout my high school career i you can say um I could always tell that like sometimes i would hide my faith or hide like who i really was because i was scared of what people would think of me and i feel like that's a temptation itself just trying to hide that from people mm. but i've learned that like being able to share and be open and honest with people um kind of like grant said like if they want to do listen to certain music with you or something you just kind of say oh like oh, i don't want to do that or just like in like peer pressure situation things like that like oh like that's just not what i would do that's not what i believe in those aren't the values same values i have mm. and just being open and honest mm. about that um, because then that kind of can build a respect kind of relationship with the other person and it couldn't make you guys grow. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So this like leads that. into really the next question, Grant and Melanie, what does your Christian community look like at school? Are they encouraging? Are they inspiring? Can you tell a difference? Do you have a, a not to make it <clears throat> cheesy, but a brotherhood, sisterhood kind of group of friends or can you tell a difference? Yeah. So as a freshman uh, at the school I go to, it is a little hard because not many people have the same, like, uh, like not many people, like, maybe go to church or have the same beliefs as, like, our church or something like that. Um, so it is a little hard finding people that you can, like, you can call, your, like, your brother in Christ, uh, like, to just, like, look up to for like guidance if you need help with anything um but i am in a i do go to like a club before school on uh, late starts called a uh, fellowship of christian athletes um and so that's like where like i get to know the like fellow christians that go to my school very cool 
Um, I think for me, throughout high school, I was kind of blessed to be able to have friends who go to church with me, but also still go to the same school as me. Mm. So being able to share those friendships in school and in church, um, but then also being open to new friendships and not just like closing myself off with just those friends to expand that um, and allow other people to like join our group and invite new people to our group. Because um, I'm sure if people who knew who we were at school, we can invite them to go to our youth group and things like that. And that's really helped expand our group when um, in high school ministry. So, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that we've been talking about from the beginning of the podcast is um, relationships and friendships and community mm-hmm. um, for you guys. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right. We're going to finish up here soon. Before we do, I would love to know, as you guys think about your relationship to the church, um, it can be the church at large or specifically Christ community. What do you feel like is one thing that the church is doing well to support, love, care for, disciple students? And what's one way that you think we can grow as a church? Um, I, I just think that it's great that we even have like youth groups here. Um, I just love that there's so many like options for kids to be in community groups or youth groups, um, just to be like involved with their church. That's not just coming to like a normal church service. I think that's great. Um, and I think it's like, it helps a lot of kids that maybe don't quite get the, like the normal message, like on Sunday mornings, uh, to come here and, uh, like the pastors will put it, uh, so that like more kids will understand it. Hmm. And I just like that. There's like a lot of options, uh, of like whether it's like events or like community groups or just showing up to like Wednesday night refuge in mosaic. I just think that's really good. Okay. How about, <clears throat> how about one thing we could do better? Um, I would say maybe relating the, like the messages, uh, during refuge and mosaic more to like current, like problems in like every teenager's life. Hmm. Um, and it is a little like that would be a little hard to do because it's middle scores and high scores and they're not dealing with the same like mm-hmm. uh the same like problems that would yeah uh so yeah i would just say that um i think for me and just growing up in the church again like having the different um resources available for me to join a community group, go to different events, um, and make a community in that way. Um, but going now that I'm like college aged and kind of ministry has kind of stopped for me. But, um, as of recently, like I went to a college event the other day and that kind of, I think is opening the door for more college events. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have a few friends still living in the same state as me, Mm -hmm. Um, that didn't go away to college, so being able to have that community is great. Um, but something I kind of miss is having that one group specifically, but um, yeah. Hmm. All right, Josh. Uh, you are not the only person to disciple high school students. True. <laughs> True. Uh, can I get an amen? You know? Amen. All right. amen. Uh, so disciple- if I could stand up and applaud, I would. Discipleship is really the job of the, uh, the church body as a whole. And so yeah. as, as you, um, uh, as we wrap up our time here and you think about our church family, what is one piece of advice, encouragement, a challenge that you can issue to our church family as it comes to relating to helping out discipling 
high school students. Yeah. I can't remember the word that was used at the top of the podcast, but in the notes, it was the word intimidated, uh, that people are just intimidated to speak to young people. Mm. Uh, and I would just love with all, with all of my heart to look at our church and say, there's no need to be right. Like we don't need to be intimidated by young people. I think three things kind of come to mind. One is let's look for ways to serve the young people of our church. Uh, and this is not just a shameless plug to get involved in next gen ministry. If you interpret it that way, it's probably God's spirit speaking to you. So like get involved, serve alongside of them. Part of why we're intimidated is because we don't understand. And so we just need to get around young people. So serve with them. I think engage them uh, any given weekend at all five of our campuses. Hundreds of people are sitting in auditoriums and a lot of them are young people. And so like, mm-hmm. it's okay to look down the aisle and say, good morning. Like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Hi, right? Like really simple things mm-hmm. that, that lessen that intimidation factor. Uh, and then number three, I would just say, consider young people. Uh, young people are different. They are. They have different ways of seeing the world, different ways of interacting with the world, different ways that they act in public. Yada, yada. And sometimes as old people can be like, oh, that's disruptive, or I don't love that, or it doesn't make sense to me. And instead of, instead of just choosing to say, I wonder why they act that way, or I wonder why they think that way, or I wonder why they said that thing, and I want to know. And so I'm going to sit down with the young person and say, hey, I'd love for you to explain to me, like, this is a bit dramatic, but like, there's a different culture with young people than there are with older people, right? Mm-hmm. And I lump myself in that older category. So say serve them, engage them, and consider them. They're a part of our church. And even though we call them the next gen, they are not just like the future of the church. They are a present reality within our, our church, church that yeah. we're called to care for and to love. And like you said, Corey, that's not just the job of the student ministry team or even just the volunteers or just the parents. Like this is that old expression, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. It takes the body of Christ and we are those people. So let's do it together. Yeah. Uh, if I could make the shameless plug that you maybe don't yeah. want to for, for student Please. ministry. Uh, back at the church that I came to Christ in, uh, uh, there were a few students who began sharing their, the story of their impact of adults pouring into their life. And there's one guy in particular who heard about just the simple investment of a volunteer making in a, in a high school student's life. And he was like, I, I don't know how to relate to high school students, but I have time and I'm willing to try to figure it out. And so he simply showed up one day, started investing in the lives of high school students. And that guy has discipled dozens and dozens yeah. and dozens, led dozens of kids to Christ. He's leading today, 15 years later, uh, he's leading uh, today, a guy who didn't think he could do it. So I just want to say, if you're listening to this podcast as somebody who's not involved in student ministry, but you feel like God may be sparking something in your heart and you want to maybe give something new a try in the new year, Student ministry is not a bad a bad Ooh, option. Not at all. Cut, cut the cheese. Resolution. Wait, you can't say cut the cheese on a podcast. Never mind. Cut out the cheese. Cut out the cheese. Full circle. Ministry. All right, Jen. <laughs> Close you guys, us out. <laughs> Grant, Melanie, Josh, it was an honor and a privilege to have you yes. on the Faith at Work podcast today. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Faith at Work. Our conversations happen every other week. So in two weeks, you can expect another interview to help you think critically about faith and work intersecting in creative and inspiring ways. Because as we say every time, every job matters. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your suggestions, questions, or ideas to workpodcast at cccLife.org. And lastly, tell your friends that their job matters too and invite them to join along in the conversation. We'll talk to you soon. 